Welcome to another In Wheel Time podcast, a 30-minute mini version of the In Wheel Time car show that airs live every Saturday morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Central. Podcast channel. From Studio A at the world-famous Sugar Shack in Texas, USA, it's the In Wheel Time car talk show. Coming up, Tim Mahaffey, president of the Lone Star Jeep Club, we hope is going to join us because once again, thank you Xfinity for the hit that we took. I'm telling you, I'm going to get rid of them and I'm going to write a nasty letter. I got a friend of mine that works for them and uh, I'm going to write a nasty letter. Not him. Reference the friend. No, I'm going to write it to him and let him deal with it because I'm going away. Um, It's been a nice date, but uh, I'm done with these people. Uh, we got upcoming. At least you got screwed. We've got the upcoming events calendar. I'm sore too. Mars reviews the new Kia Soul GT. Plus, you'll hear about the stories making automotive news headlines. Howdy, along with Mike out of this world, Mars, who's too busy to even do anything else other than what he's doing. King Conrad DeLong. I'm Don Armstrong. Jeff's on uh, vacation, family reunion up in Michigan. He'll be back with us again next week. Okay, uh, I did want to do a story, and this is probably a good time to do it, while Mars is trying to get the uh, guest on from the Lone Star Jeep Club. <clears throat> UAW, United Auto Workers, seek more than 40% wage gains from the Detroit Three, sources say. It's from Automotive News. The gains would include a 20% raise upon ratification. I'd like a 20% raise followed by 5% raises each year of the four-year deal, according to the people who requested anonymity discussing the negotiations. I didn't do it. It wasn't me. I didn't squeal. UAW seeking from the Detroit three automakers a more than 40% pay raise for its workforce. Jeez. UAW President Sean Fain, speaking to Automotive News earlier on Thursday, said, The CEOs of the big three over the last four-year agreement have enjoyed a 40% increase in pay on average. So, Mary Barra makes $29 million a year. So I don't think our workers asking for their equitable share when inflation's gone up almost 20% in the last four years. I don't think that it's asking a lot for our members to look for their fair share. Thank you, Bidenomics. Their cost of living goes up. How, how about the CEOs? And the 40% probability is rate. they voted for them because they're in Detroit. Fain on Thursday also told Automotive News the union would seek a 32-hour work week with 40 hours worth of pay. Okay. <laughs> yes, and the cost of your car is about to go up. It, uh, yeah, not only that, but... Uh, and you're going to get less of them. Yeah, and if, there, if there's a strike... You know, all of the inventory that they've been begging to have on their lots, there's a big nosedive Takes dive a nosedive, right which means the price of cars is going to go up yeah. again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Uh, uh, and, that and, and you know what? Mary Barra still makes $29 million a year. That really annoys you, doesn't it? Absolutely drives me out of my mind. Okay. Um, and she got a raise last year. Uh, the Detroit three automakers aren't the only ones worried about contract talks with the UAW. The entire automotive supply chain is sweating the potential of a strike because what we most people don't realize is the car manufacturers actually don't manufacture the parts for the most part. No, it's components. Right. And they're assemblers. Right. They assemble the components. So all of the millions of people that supply parts for the automotive manufacturers, assemblers, 
they will be affected as well. For the larger Tier 1 suppliers, a halt in vehicle production would result in millions of dollars in financial losses in short order, according to the companies. This from Automotive News. Some suppliers have tightened up spending and baked potential losses into forecasts for the second half of the year. Lear, the global seeding supplier, mm-hmm. has painful memories of the GM strike in 2019. The six-week work stoppage, will, uh, which cost the automaker about $4 billion, all told, cost Lear 70 to $75 million each week. And Mary Barris still got $29 million a year. let that go. We got it. We get it. Uh, and the other big news of the week that I wanted to get in, remember the ship fire I told you about two weeks ago? Yep. Well, actually, last week. Rolls-Royce has a number of vehicles of its super luxury cars aboard the ship that went up in flames off the Dutch coast a week ago. Well, both BMW and Mercedes-Benz have confirmed they have several hundred cars on the Fremantle Highway. That's the ship's name. Neither have offered specific breakdowns by brand or model. Around 5 a.m. on Thursday, the Fremantle Highway started to be towed to Eemshaven, which is a seaport in the north of the Netherlands. The Fremantle Highway's cargo loss is estimated at more than $330 ouch, million. See, and that's a tie-in to my auto history story of the Lotus uh submarine. All these cars are going to become submarines. Yeah, well, they're towing it. So apparently, well, they're towing it out of the shipping lane. They're hoping to get it to a port. Because it's a burned hulk. That's all it is. Have you seen a picture of it? Yes. Ooh, it's scary. A charter company, K-Line, said Friday there were 3,783 vehicles on board the ship, including 498 battery vehicles, significantly more than the 25 initially reported. You mean the government lied to us? No, I wouldn't assume they would ever lie to us. Welcome to the bitter man's hotline here on the In Wheel Time. And Mary Barra is still making $29 million, and they're going to screw the union. (sighs) Moving on. You know, I like to do these Hemmings Motor News marketplace they they sell cars through an auction or you know whatever the case may be but sold sold cars roundup is the headline usually comes on sunday afternoons so here was one that sold beautiful 1976 cadillac eldorado probably one of the prettiest cadillacs they ever made convertible what what a boat last year for the convertible convertible it was red beautiful i'll show you a picture Thirty-two thousand. I was going to say twenty-five. Thirty-two thousand one hundred twenty-nine sold at auction. Here's one that kind of surprised me: a 1969 AMC AMX. You want to guess? Cool car. Cool um, car. Yeah. I say it third. had no back seat. No, it didn't. It was a two-seater. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'd say uh, in in good shape, probably about forty. Thirty-three-six. Yeah. yeah. Nice car. Here is another Cadillac, the Alante. Mark, you, uh, Mike, you know that the, your microphone is on when you do that. It, it, it's really loud. And depending on the ear. year of the Elante, what a pile. A 1990 Cadillac Elante. It sold for? $6,000. $3,500. Beautiful car. I liked it. You know, when Cadillac originally sold those, they came with a guarantee 
of resale value equal to the Mercedes SL of the same generation. Which is what they were competing against at the time. And it was built at the Corvette factory. Yeah. And it has Corvette components under the skin. On the Elante? Not really. No? No, the XLR was Corvette. Okay, sorry. The Elante was actually built in Hamtramck, and it was... To a large degree, a lot of componentry was coming out of the Seville. Oh, I'm sorry. I mixed that up. Yeah. yeah. But the, the XLR, XLR was yeah. C6 Corvette. Um, well, here's another Cadillac. This would be for Jeff. A 1991 Cadillac DeVille. Is that the 468-864 engine? 91? 91. Yeah, it could be. Ooh. You know, that you, engine was so useless, you couldn't even use it for a boat motor because it wasn't heavy enough. It was all you mean a boat anchor? A boat anchor. Yeah. Boat anchor. Yeah, boat anchor. But you know what? I would think that you'd be able to put you some sort of a nice V8 in that thing. Like Jeff to... said, put it, put an LS in it and tub it. Tub it out, yeah. Uh, sold for $4,500. Beautiful car. Matter of fact, I think that I had one. It wasn't, it, mine was a Coupe DeVille. So two Cadillacs for under seven grand. Yeah. The Elante and the DeVille. And? And, bet- and between the two of them, maybe you could make one of them run. And Mary who? Mary Barra still yeah. makes $29 million a year. 1977 Chevrolet Corvette. Dear to my heart. Had absolutely no horsepower. Uh, this is a yellow one. It looks like it doesn't even... Does it have... It looks like it's got uh, trim rings and center caps. So it was a base model, it appears. 6000 12000 That's a lot. It is a lot for that car because it had no horsepower. Of course, this is not an L82. It didn't have the Gymkhana suspension. It had nothing other than... But it's still a Corvette. Yeah. And, and for that, it carries value Yeah, to somebody. Uh, I, I loved the car when I bought it. You know, I ordered it, bought it uh, brand new in October of 1976. Ordered it from the factory. Took forever to get here. Anyway. Through Richardson Chevrolet? No. Uh, actually, I bought it at Peacock Chevrolet. Peacock Chevrolet. Which is now... Um, uh, it's Mack Hike. Hike. Mack yeah. Hike, yeah. Uh, 64 Chevrolet El Camino. Love it. Squared, boxy kind of car. Man, I used to think that thing Probably was a 283. Probably. Probably a 283. Now, it's painted an ugly color. It's kind of that champagne brown, beige, whatever you want to call it. Want to guess how much they got for it? Fourteen. $26,250. Might have been a nice car. It could be. I mean, At that price, it better be a nice car. Yeah, exactly. I don't know all those details. I got one for you. An Oldsmobile? A 1963 Oldsmobile Starfire. Cool car. Convertible. Very cool car. Hey, can you hear me okay? Oh, my gosh. I can hear somebody. We're going to get them on the air here in just a minute. Yeah, the Starfire was Oldsmobile's version of the Pontiac Grand Prix, kind of the the uh, performance B-body boat. And it's in that light pink. It's got a gray stripe down. The, it looks it's beautiful. It's a stainless steel panel. Oh, my God. It's beautiful. Sold price is, your turn. 18. 29.4. Yeah, they, you can get, actually get that with uh, 394 cubic inch. You said 63? Yeah. I think you could still get the dual quads in it. I, you know, that's really romantic and all for us car guys. But it dual was a performance quads. motor. I know, but what a pain in the butt that is. <laughs> Two carburetors. 
but they weren't but they weren't rochester quadrajets what doesn't make any difference two carburetors tune a car with two carburetors on it (laughs) hell i can't even tune it with one much less two true cool car though starfire Uh, oh my gosh here's one for you a 1947 chevrolet style master painted bright red it's a two-door car okay and they've got wide whites on it is that the fastback yeah yeah uh, and uh, I would be interested in this. Seriously, I would. The 1947 Chevy Stylemaster, it sold for $21,000. And it, it had a trunk you could carry 15 Jimmy Hoffas in. Pretty much. And, uh, you know, put some uh, AC in it. And yeah, because it wasn't available back then. No, well, you know that. Uh, put some AC in it and just a regular plain Jane LS motor in it. For reliability, put you a nice, uh, I don't know, six-speed automatic transmission in it, fix it so you could get it all in there. What a cruiser that would mm-hmm. be. Ah, stunning. Sold for $21,000. Not bad. 57 Metropolitan. Oh, gosh. I thought that car was ugly when it was new. It's even uglier today. <laughs> $7,000. 2007 Ford Shelby. 2007? 2007 Ford Shelby. Doesn't say 350, 500, none of that. I'll say something north of 50, maybe in the 70s. $89,000. Yours, uh, 2007 Aston Martin DB9. 2007? Yeah. 30 grand. $42,000. It's amazing the depreciated value of some of those $100,000 cars of the 80s and 90s. Yeah, you can buy cheap. But well, some of some of the cars that I mentioned, like that that forty two, I'd, I'd buy that car tomorrow. It's in my price range. Ron Mahaffey is with the, Three. and he is the president of the Lone Star Jeep Club. Ron, sorry about the uh, problems that we had getting you on today. I know that you called in early, and uh, you uh, also uh, is he there, Mister Mars? Yeah, can you hear me okay? We can hear you, but we just can't see you. Okay. Can we see him now? Oh, he's got, okay. and he's got guests with him. Yes, yes, yes. So yes. I'll let you go ahead and handle this, Mr. Morris, since you're a... Uh, so, Tim, sorry about Michael? that. We uh, we had a little uh, technical difficulty earlier, but we're here now. So, so, so who you got with you? We have Drew Berg, a couple of members with me, um, outstanding members of the club. Drew Berg, um, just FY, he is one of the guys that has a 392. Might be interested in talking to him. And then Bobby McCracken uh, as part of our club as well. So, hey, first of all, I want to thank you for having us on this morning. We really appreciate the opportunity to talk. And we could talk probably for three days about Jeeps. Well, we know that. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're Jeep people, too. Uh, they uh, actually got our show going in the early days. And uh, we appreciate all that they do. And um, Jim Morrison with Jeep, uh, great guy and uh yeah, if you've never met him, you need to take the time to to meet him. He, he doesn't uh, go to many car shows, and I don't know exactly where you are, but <clears throat> if uh, if he's going to make an appearance at the Houston Auto Show this year, it would behoove you to meet him. Great guy, and uh, get some insight on your Jeep brand. So I, I assume that everybody's got Wranglers. Uh, Wranglers, CJs across the board. So, um, and some buggies. So we don't care what you have as long as it's a Jeep. So, um, yeah. Now you, you are a, a statewide club. Is that correct? 
We are, yeah. So we're primarily in the North Texas area here in Dallas, but we have members. Um, Drew actually moved to Missouri, so we're extending into Missouri now. But yeah, we're a statewide club, but primarily we're based in Dallas, but we wheel all over the state and beyond. Uh, did you guys have anything to do with the uh, Go Topless weekend down there at to Crystal Beach? Uh, no. Uh, some of our members went there, but that wasn't uh, an LSJC-sponsored event. Thank goodness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's what I was going to say. You know, you know, it's too much mayhem, and um, that's not what the Jeep clubs that I am aware of are into. Yep, you're exactly right. <laughs> so yeah, we're, we believe in that, too. Where up there on the north side do you guys, what you call wheel, what kind of uh, uh, locations are available for you to go jeeping in? Well, we've got a place in uh, Oklahoma, uh, Cross Bar. It's in Davis. Um, we do a Polar Express run there in January. The picture you see in the Zoom background is a picture of our ride we had there in you know um, January. So you can see we have quite a few Jeeps in that line. Uh, so we go to Cross Bar. We go to Bridgeport. Um, we go to Barnwell Mountain Recreational Area out in Gilmer. We go down to Hidden Falls. We're going to Mares, um, a new up-and-coming park that's phenomenal up around Amarillo. We do Catemsee Rocks, um, Claymore up in Oklahoma, um, and then we go beyond. Like this year, we went to Moab in the spring and Maris, and next year we're headed to Winrock, Tennessee in the fall. So, um, we, so we did, you, did, your, did your club kind of caravan to Moab as a group? Because I know that's one of the Jeep Holy Grail places to go. Yes, we did. Yeah, we caravan as a group. We we spent, uh, Drew was with us, so Drew can probably talk a little bit about it too, but um, not long enough, seven great days in, in Moab. Well, we, you know, as much as I would love to talk about that, I'd rather talk to Drew about his 392 in that Jeep Wrangler, <laughs> bud. Wow, that thing's it's, nuts. It's a lot of fun. Oh, it's yeah. a lot of fun. I Believe me, I, I, I had one one time out of the press fleet, and I'm going, Hmm. I wish I'd have thought of that. I, I wish Jeep had done it sooner. It's something everybody had been asking for quite a long time. And it's an absolute riot. Even with about 400 pounds of steel and 37 inch tires, it's still plenty fast for a 6,000 pound suicide machine that it is. Well, I, I will tell you this. My thought immediately goes to anybody that had, and don't, and this is not a put down of the V6 or the fours or any of the old engines, but this, sir, is one of those that you need to order the kit. If there's not a kit, then you need to make one yourself. Buy the engine. Just buy the engine. Put it in the corner if you don't have anything else to put it in, but preferably a Wrangler because that's my cup of tea. It is a lot of fun. I do not regret it. And if anything, I wish I had bought one sooner, even Hemi swapping sooner. Now, now, forgive me, because I'm, I'm really not up to date on uh, the latest and greatest from Jeep, but do they still offer the 392? Uh, they do still offer the 392. It's out for the 2024 model, which has the mid-year recycle with like the new infotainment screen and all the big stuff on it. And there's actually dealers out there right now that are doing up to $7,000 off MSRP if you order through them. Seven thousand so off of MSRP as opposed to seven thousand over MSRP. That's interesting. Yeah, or you could go buy a Bronco and pay over one hundred and five thousand dollars for it and, and have the zero to sixty speed of like a Honda Odyssey, and still not have a Hemi. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and I, I'm not going to say anything, but I just got out of one. 
got out of what? A Rubicon 392. Yeah. Well, why aren't you going to say anything, Mars? Because I was waiting to to needle you a little bit more about it. I'm thinking, oh, my God. So he's gotten more tickets on this No, no, no. Just saying. So do they still do the, uh, was it a Trackhawk version? You know, that's a good question. I I don't know. I haven't actually seen one in several years. Yeah, that's in the other that's in the other Jeep vehicles like the Renegade and stuff like that. You'll see the Trackhawk badge on the back. Uh, well, the Trackhawk is the, the supercharged 6.2. Right, 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 yeah. right. It's a Hellcat motor. Yeah. Now, the, the, the 392, it's, it's interesting because I'll tell you a little story. I think they call it the Super B. Is that what it was? Didn't they label it as the Super B in the in the Challenger, Challenger or Charger yeah. or whatever it was? Yeah, and I and, right. and it came with a six speed manual transmission, and that combination was just perfect for moi. I will tell you that because you know everybody wants the supercharged engine, and granted, I get it. I, I'm I'm all over but it. But it's a lot. It, it's 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 too much for the street, in my opinion. And it, granted, I'm an older guy now. When I was in my 20s and 30s, it would have been la, 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 yeah, oh, great, let's get that. But the 392 just seems to fit really well in my lifestyle. Well, like Drew said, it, it drives real well. It's extra weight up front. And I, surprisingly, going down at my highway speeds, it, it, even with a 14 gear, it was a nice driver. So, so Bobby, what do you got? Sitting over there kind of quiet. I'm, I'm a simple man. I've got a, a two-door 2018 JL with the six-cylinder in it. <laughs> That's the inline six, it. isn't it? No. V6. I love it to death. It's the V6. Okay. Yeah. okay. V6. So what do you guys think about the new inline six that they're going to offer? No comment like from anybody. Old, <laughs> I like the old inline six they offered. Yeah, the old inline six was amazing. I don't know. I, I I think the jury's out on that one. But um, I'm like Bobby. I'm running the minivan engine in my JL. But, uh, yeah. Well, I think back in 1980, I bought a brand-new Jeep that had a Pontiac four-cylinder in it. Do you remember those? The the Iron Duke. Right? I, I don't think they're old enough. Or the, the, the okay. Iron Pew. All right, that's right. definitely was, before my time. It was, okay. pretty, <laughs> well, that, it was pretty useless. <laughs> thanks for sure a license back then. Yeah. And thanks for playing. Shut up, Don Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> As we go back into the Jeep archives. Yeah. 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 yeah from yeah. way back when World War Two, as a matter so of fact. So, do any of you guys do any of the competitions? You know, the uh, the the rock crawling competitions with your Jeeps. No, mine's a daily driver, so uh, I'm not I'm not risking that. But another member and I were talking about uh, doing the 24 Hours of Hell, um, trying to get a sponsor for that to do that at one point. So, um, but we um, no, we don't. I haven't done any of that. Now wait just a minute. Yeah, back did, up. Did, 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 did you say the 24 Hours of Hell? Yes. So, well, well please fill uh, us in. Uh, that's a it's a an event. And you get a lot of, you know, uh, it's uh, very technical. It looks like a lot of fun. And it's 24 hours. You and a partner and a small pit crew have 24 hours to get through all these obstacles. And we're not talking about dirt roads. We're talking about some technical technical things to get over. Um, it looks like a lot of fun. If you break something, you've got to wear a pink helmet. If you get winched out, you've got to wear a pink helmet. 
And then, you know, at the end, you get your, your, your prize money and stuff. But now, it looks really cool. It so what, like what is, there a, is there a club or organization that puts this on? Yeah, I think it's called 24 Hours of Hell. I'll go, I can go send that to you. But, yeah, it, they've been doing it for quite a while. And where, where is it held? On various places. I think last year or the year before, it was in Oklahoma. That's appropriate. Mar- Mars has connections in Oklahoma, and that wasn't a put down. It's just that he can relate. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we we have to check that out. We're going to check that out. So before we yeah. run out of time, are y'all located together since you're a statewide group, or are y'all scattered out? The three of you. Now, Jason was in Missouri, but Bobby and I are in Dallas. Okay, okay. Do you ever I'm make it? Other, you ever- I'm on the other side of Dallas from Tim. Yeah, the other side of Dallas. The other side of Dallas. Yeah. Um, do y'all ever make it down to Houston? Do y'all ever do anything down here with the Jeep clubs? I know we have some members from Houston. Yeah, yeah we have some members from Houston. The closest we get to Houston is Hidden Falls. That's around the Austin area, but right. we don't really get down to Houston. But, I mean, I've been to Houston. What What happens in Hidden Falls? I've never even heard of that either. Oh, that's it's a beautiful. great part. Yeah. It's a big off-road park up there. Ah, outside okay. of Marble Falls, actually. So you guys yeah, are right outside of Marble Falls on that east side of Marble. So yeah. y'all's fun is this this slow events, the 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 rock crawling, the the technical type, the event. technical type yeah. of stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. fun. So uh, apparently, you bring a spotter with you. We're all spotters. We're all spotters. Three. Yeah. One thing about this club is everybody helps everybody out on the show. Sure, so, sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. And that's relatively typical of the Jeep community is, you know, you want to do some upgrades on your Jeep. Let me invite, you know, club members over. I'll bring some adult beverages and everybody sits around and helps do the upgrades up until the adult beverages are fully consumed. Well, I'll tell you, we had uh, back when I was a member of the uh, <clears throat> of the Texas Auto Riders Association, the fall event, <clears throat> Kimberly Schultz with Chrysler would always bring at least one or two Wranglers. <clears throat> one of them got put into the river that went through the park. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember <clears throat> but that. But the other one, they had a really tough rock-crawling section that in this particular area where we were. You went up, and then you made an immediate left, and an immediate left again. It's kind of like a big U-turn up over a rock, and everybody loved that thing, and they had to have a spotter there because if you got just a little bit off by a couple of inches, you would have had a big gash down the side of the body of that thing, even if you had rock rails on it. That's your cup of tea out there. That's it. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, you, yep. you, you fix it, go out, break it, come back, fix it. We've got scratches on our Jeep. You know, I'm running under these set of axles. Um, Bobby's done upgrades, you know, just to rock crawl. So, yeah, that's, that's, it's not a, we go past the mall. So, <clears throat> yeah. Well, and then there's so much aftermarket accessories and upgrades available for the oh Jeep product. It's yes. kind of mind boggling. Yeah. As far as how much is available to upgrade your Jeep. So do you guys have a connection with any one Jeep club here in the Houston area? I'm not, we have some members actually in Houston as part of our club, so we don't have any connections with other Jeep clubs in te- uh, Houston. Okay. Gotcha. Okay, well, uh, we're going to reach out to you guys. Uh, uh, you have a website or you got a Facebook page? Yeah, we have a Facebook page, um, Lone Star Jeep Club Group. Um, is our Facebook group, and then we have a Facebook page in, as well. We also have a website, lsjc.org. Yeah, I've already posted that on our social media. Yeah. 
Well, it's great to talk to you guys, and we appreciate. We sorry again for the uh, delay in getting you guys on, but uh, you know the stupid Xfinity people, uh, uh, which won't I won't be dating much longer. uh, They're going to go away, but we'll blame it on them this morning. But gents, it's it's great to talk to you guys. Hey, thanks for having us on. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh. Technology's just not our friend. Yeah, today. well, that that's just kind of a stand-up little thing. Thing here. Okay. Hey, if you'd like to get in touch with us, if you can, <laughs> shoot us an email. The address is info at inwheeltime.com and be sure to follow us on Facebook. Quick break now. We'll be back with more right after this quick break. Everyone at the Tailpipes and Tacos Cruise in at the Loopy Tortilla Tex-Mex in Katy, thank you for participating in the best cruise in around and look forward to seeing you again. You'll hear about the next cruise in date right here on In Real Time. Next time you're in the West Houston Energy Corridor area, be sure and stop in at the original Loopy Tortilla Tex-Mex at I-10 and Highway 6 or the Katy location on the Grand Parkway at Kingsland Boulevard. When passing through Beaumont or College Station, stop in and have Loopy's award-winning beef fajitas and frozen margaritas. There's always a celebration at Loopy Tortilla. Loopy Tortilla founder Stan Holt and his wife Sheila are winning racers on the NHRA drag racing circuit and have a collection of hot rods and classics that everyone appreciates. Look for them at the next Tailpipes and Tacos Cruise-In. The date will be announced soon and will once again be held at the Loopy Tortilla Tex-Mex on 99 and Kingsland Boulevard, just south of I-10 and Katy. We'll give you all the details right here on the In Real Time Car Talk show and online donations benefit god's garage we'll see you then you own a car you love well why not let gulf coast auto shield protect it houstonian john gray invites you to his state-of-the-art facility to introduce you to his specialist team of auto enthusiasts we promise you'll be impressed whether you're looking to massage your original paint to a like new appearance apply a ceramic coating install a paint protection film Nano ceramic window tent or new windshield protection called ExoShield, Gulf Coast Auto Shield is where Houston's car people go. Curbed your wheels? Instead of buying new, why not have them repaired? How about a professionally installed radar detector? Gulf Coast Auto Shield does that too. Get a peek inside the shop and look at the services offered by getting online and heading to GCAutoShield.com. Better yet, stop by their facility at 11275 South Sam Houston Tollway, just south of the Southwest Freeway, and get a personal tour. Gulf Coast Auto Shield is your place to go for all things exterior. Call them today, 832-930-5655 or GCAutoShield.com. That's it for this podcast episode of the In Wheel Time Car Show. I'm Don Armstrong, inviting you to join us for our live show every Saturday morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Central on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and our InWheelTime.com website. Podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart Podcast, Podcast Addict, TuneIn, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Keep listening, and we'll see you soon.